1: Welcome to Move Forward Radio, I'm Jason Bellamy. For many kids, getting through the school day is as challenging as the educational material. But for some with special needs, navigating to and through the school is a challenge in and of itself. Available to help these kids are healthcare professionals like today's guest, physical therapist Marcy Kemenker, who goes into schools to treat children with disabilities related to conditions such as muscular dystrophy, Down syndrome, and multiple sclerosis among others. As we we'll are here in this episode, Marcy's goal isn't to simply improve a child's strength or range of motion, but to enhance their function according to the specific needs of their school setting. Here's our interview with Marcy Keminker.
2: Marcy, tell me about school-based physical therapy. Is this something that's growing in terms of a field for physical therapy? And are physical therapists typically employed by schools on a full-time basis at this point, or are they brought in as needed? How does that work?
3: School-based physical therapists may be employed by the school district as employees or as independent contractors. And they may work full-time for one district, or they may work in various districts several days a week in one district perhaps and a few days a week in another district.
2: Let's approach full-time first. A full-time PT in a school-based setting, what are they likely to to see in a given week, say, or day? I mean, are, are they going to work with a specific population of students most likely? Will it be roving or will it change often depending on what happens within the school or is it pretty set?
3: It varies tremendously by school district, by the nature of the students in any given school. And uh, it, it can vary from a, a PT being in one building for an entire day or even an entire week, or PTs like myself could, may travel among different schools within the same school district or various school districts. So there's just tremendous variety. Uh, there's also great need, and that need varies across the country depending on the availability of physical therapists.
2: So give me a sense. Let's use your experience as an example. What is the typical week like for you during the school year?
3: I am the only physical therapist in our school district. We have about 9,000 students overall in 12 buildings. In one year, I might be seeing students regularly in five or six buildings. In another given school year, I might see students regularly in 10 different buildings. So I travel across the district several times a day. I, I might be in three or four or even five schools in the same day. But that situation changes so much across the country. In states like Alaska, uh, students are seen maybe once a month just because the schools are so far apart and some of them are accessed only by airplane. But in in urban districts, the situation is very different and and there might be um, many, many PTs in the same district.
2: And are you typically working with a child who has special needs and may have those special needs carry on throughout their entire school experience, or would you also treat a student who just sprained an ankle and just sort of has some minor injury or or condition that is going to go away but may benefit from physical therapy in the short term?
3: No, the the latter case is not not true of of school-based physical therapy. Uh, Students who just have a temporary orthopedic injury would be served in a physical therapy clinic outside of school. But school-based PTs work to assist students with disabilities. Students who receive physical therapy need first to be classified as eligible for special education and related services by any of the 13 diagnostic categories as defined by federal law. Um, In some cases, students who are not classified that way may receive services under Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973. But generally speaking, we pro- we provide services for students with disabilities, a whole wide range of disabilities, um, to w- enable them to participate in their educational programs.
2: So how frequently might a student be seen over the course not just of a month, but say over a full school year and beyond?
3: That can vary based on the individual needs of the student. In some cases, the student might be seen directly by a PT, let's say once a week for the entire school year. But in many cases, it's more appropriate for the student to be seen several times a week during let's say the first month of the school year and then to be seen only on a consultative basis for part of the rest of the school year. So the frequency may change during the course of one school year or from year to year based on the unique needs of the students.
2: What's the history of school-based physical therapy? How far back does it go as an established approach to delivering care to, to students with those special needs?
3: Physical therapists have been involved with students in, in schools from as far back as the early 20th century, but um, that took various forms across the country and it didn't become federal law until... 1975 in the Education for Handicapped Children Act, which is also known as PL Public Law 94-142. And that federal law has undergone various changes and amendments until now. The Individuals with Disabilities Education Improvement Act of 2004.
2: And so then seeing a student at this point, I mean, is is it about helping the student cope with being a student, or is it an opportunity to help the child's overall progression that you're using because they're in a school setting, if you understand the difference?
3: The need and the services really need to relate to the educational program. A student has various competing priorities in the school day, and sometimes the physical issues may not be most important for the student, the family, or the educational team. Physical therapy intervention is focused on enabling the student to participate in their special education program.
2: Give me an example of some of the common conditions that you see and what your approach is and how that approach in school is is kind of unique.
3: We see students with a whole range of diagnoses. Some of the more common ones may include cerebral palsy, developmental delay, Down syndrome, autism, various muscular dystrophies, typically Duchenne muscular dystrophy, um, spinal muscular atrophy, um, the list goes on and on. And they're not, as I said, not temporary disabilities, but those that would that may affect a student for a, a lifetime. So we work with students in a variety of, of natural environments during the school day, from the time they arrive at school till the time they leave. That may include helping a student to walk down the steps from the school bus, to walk into the classroom, to hang up their coat or put away their school supplies, and walking around the school, in the classroom, down the halls, through the lunchroom, including participation in the physical education class, on the playing fields, and then for older students, we assist the student with transition to post-school employment or education. We may attend trips outside of school to vocational programs. So we may work with students from age three all the way up to age 21.
2: And how do you build a relationship with the students? School can be challenging for all children for a variety of reasons, exciting too. How do you sort of build that relationship where you want to help enable that school experience, improve it, and not be a distraction to them or sort of get in the way of kids being kids.
3: Naturally, that varies by child and by the child's age, but we, we want to work on, on skills that are important to the student, him or herself, as well as to the parents. When we develop goals, that is done collaboratively with the entire IEP team, the, the team that develops the individualized educational pro- program, And that includes the parent and the student, when appropriate, in order to maximize the progress that a student may make. Motivation is very important. And if a student finds that the skills are important for whatever reason, then that would be very motivating to participate in the program.
2: And what do the motivations tend to be? Is it it motivations to be able to do what the other kids are doing? What, What tends to inspire a child to be
3: involved in their therapy? Very often a student who has a disability feels excluded from his or her peers. So enabling a student to participate more fully in the physical education program, on the playground during outdoor recess, or in any of the activities during the school day can be very motivating for a student. So that if we were to work with a student in an isolated setting like a PT room and just work on walking, that may not be very motivating at all for a student because because he wouldn't feel that there's any real reason to work hard at that. But if that intervention occurs when the student is surrounded by peers and he or she wants to keep pace with the the peers and to run around the playground or to walk quickly through the corridors to get from the classroom to the lunchroom, that can be very motivating and makes a huge difference in how well the student performs.
2: I bet. So you mentioned previously parents and how crucial they can be. How do you involve parents in, in the process, and what role do they play, not just in the motivation factor, hopefully, but also in terms of continuing their child's therapy?
3: Parents are, are key members of the IEP team. They were involved from the very beginning with giving permissions to perform a physical therapy evaluation and as members of the team during the meetings at which decisions are made about the student's individualized educational program. And at every step along the way, the physical therapist communicates with the parents about the the student's needs, um, what the parent perceives as the student's needs that may be different from what the PT might have thought and making decisions about intervention. In addition, the physical therapist may interact with the student for only brief periods of time during the, the week. So it is very important that the classroom staff and the parents continue with the activities that are recommended by the physical therapist to promote progress in achieving the various annual goals.
2: So if I'm a parent and I have a child who may benefit from school-based physical therapy. What's the process for me? You mentioned an evaluation. How, How does the whole process typically start, and does it vary from state to state, district to district?
3: That process is governed by federal law, but within that federal law, there are certain differences among the states. But generally speaking, the referral may come from the child study team, from a teacher, or from the parent, and the evaluation is a comprehensive examination of the student's participation and ability to participate in the educational program, the various activities that are required to do so, and it may also include a look at body structures and functions such as musculoskeletal issues, strength and range of motion. But the key, the main focus is on participation. The evaluation includes observation of the student in a variety of the environments um, in which the student engages during the school day, from the classroom to the, to the walking down the halls to access to bathrooms, in the gym, on the playground, up and down stairs, up and down ramps and curbs and bus steps, any any other things that might occur during the school day, class trips. The physical therapist might go through any number of different developmental and functional standardized assessments. There's a long list of those. Following that evaluation, the the PT writes a comprehensive report, and then those results are discussed at a team meeting, at which point the decision is made as to whether the student would benefit from the expertise of a physical therapist as part of the IEP.
2: So as you go through that process with different children, different disabilities, different levels of disability. What's the most challenging part of your job and and then what's the best part?
3: The the most challenging part may be at times um, meeting the competing needs of the various members of the team, including the parents and the student. In the best cases, we all agree on what the student needs to, to enable them to benefit from the educational program, but sometimes the parents and, and the school staff have very different views on how to accomplish that. So that can be challenging at times. The most rewarding part is is to see how students make progress through the, the school year and over the years. And because I am the only physical therapist in my school district, I am able to see students as they grow from age three until 21. And that doesn't mean I provide services for them all through the years, because usually, I mean, in most cases I would not. But I have a chance to peek in on them, to interact with them, either formally or informally, all through the years. And that's very rewarding for me.
2: Yeah, what does it feel like to see a child, say, who who struggled to get down the steps of the bus or to get involved in, in play, be able to, to get out there and, and mix it up and not be held back? How does that feel?
3: It's really wonderful and that's the most rewarding part. I also find it extremely rewarding to work with parents and with families and because we we um develop a very very close relationship over the years and that's that's been a wonderful thing for me.
2: If a parent's listening to this and they have a child who they think might benefit from physical therapy in, in a school setting What's the one thing you want them to know? What's, what's maybe the thing they should keep in mind, either in terms of their own expectations or ways ways to start? Um, what's, what's the one takeaway you want them to have?
3: I think it's important to, for parents to understand the role of PT in the school system, which is different from that of PT, or maybe different from, from the role of a PT in a hospital or clinic and that is our role in schools is to assist the student to access, participate, and make progress in their educational program. So we work with students in their natural environments um, all throughout the school day and through the years. Sometimes, fo- uh, sometimes parents focus on, on issues like muscle tone or range of motion, which may or may not actually affect their their function in the school environment. So we need to look at the whole picture as to whether the student really needs intervention in in one form or another during the school day. Now that intervention may be either direct, that is hands-on, one-on-one intervention, one PT to one student. It might be in a small group setting or it might be simply consultation with the parents and school staff at various intervals during the school day or during the school year. Uh, In addition, sometimes students at a certain age may no longer need direct intervention by a school-based PT, but in future years they might. For instance, they might in fourth or fifth grade be in a small elementary school building. And when they move to the middle school, they might encounter a much larger building with stairs and much longer distances to navigate. And at that point, sometimes it's appropriate to resume PT services for a period of time to enable the student to become accustomed to a very different building with very different architectural challenges.
2: That really underlines, obviously, the uniqueness of your care and how individualized it is. Marcy Keminger, thanks so much.
3: Okay, thank you.
1: For more information on pediatric physical therapy, go to moveforwardpt.com, which includes health centers for parents and children plus past episodes of Move Forward Radio. I'm Jason Bellamy.
0: Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guest is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Learn more about how a physical therapist can help you and find a physical therapist in your area at moveforwardpt.com. For an archive of past episodes, visit moveforwardpt.com slash radio.